Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Welcome back. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Broadcasting, as always, from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Great to be in our new spot. And people forget, if they're listening on the radio, that we're living the, the high life right here. Is this the... Uh, Glass windows, nice new wood desk. Is this the, the week of interior decorating? Um, I think it's got to be. We do have some work to do. 
only because we have so much cool stuff. Yeah, we got some work to do. There's no doubt. This, I, the, for those watching on TV, this here I'll describe it for people on the radio. This is a uh, this is a one of a kind collage of photographs that are made into a print uh, by our good friends at Alpine Touch, sponsor the podcast by the way. Of the 2017-2018 Montana Grizz Big Sky Conference men's basketball championship team. That's right. One of my favorite parts about having this in here, because we, we, we love this, we appreciate it, but we've also seen it every day for several years now. And a lot of our favorite characters that we've had our, the pleasure of sharing, covering, are in this picture. But my favorite thing is having these guys in here and having them see it. Yeah. Michael Ogine was in here two Fridays ago. It's like, man, that thing is that is nice. I want one of those. Travis DeCure, every time he comes in here, he says, That's good. Keep that thing up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know it's 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 an it's from Fabian Krislovich senior year. So Fab's on there along with uh, uh Ahmad Rory, Michael Ogine, Jamar Coe, Bobby Moorhead, and uh Saeed Pridget. Saeed Pridget, so, Timmy Falls, Carl Nicholas. Yep. It's, it's, it's a good it's a good group. So it's a it's a cool thing among other things uh that we have in here. By the way, speaking of the podcast is sponsored by Alpine Touch. It's also sponsored by our friends at Blackfoot, and it is available everywhere you get your podcasts. On all the podcasting platforms, rate, review, subscribe. Anytime you'd like it, you can have it. It's the beauty of a podcast. One quick plug, too, for our friends at Western Birch Tees. They're just doing, they're starting out. You can hit up Western Birch Tees for your custom-made golf tees or just colored golf tees. But you and I, we got some ESPN Missoula tees. We'll be, uh, we'll be sure to give those to some lucky listeners. Maybe uh, when football season rolls around, we'll be throwing them out to the tailgates. But you played with them, right? I did. Strong as steel. They're strong as birch. <laughs> they are strong as birch. Uh, if you missed anything in the show, you can check it out on the podcast. If you would like to listen live, you can go to the stream. The stream is available wherever you uh, are on the World Wide Web at 1029ESPN.com. I guess not wherever you are. That's where on the web, 1029ESPN.com. But however you get there, that's what you can listen to. Listen live tab. The stream is there thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, it is time for a bit of blindside. Uh, I have several questions here, which I'm very happy about, okay? Uh, so I'm going to start this thing. Now, blindside again. Coulter and I have a couple questions that we've made for each other that we uh, can ask one another uh, that the other one doesn't know what the question is going to be about. Usually it generates some nice conversation. So here we go, Coulter. This is my first blindside for you. It's me blindsiding you, if you were wondering. I, I get it. That's what it is. Uh the PGA Tour resumes. Very good. Thursday. Very happy about this. It's kind of flown under the radar, but they are actually, I mean, it's a full, huge tournament. It's the Charles Schwab uh, uh, Challenge. Mm, it's going to be in, uh, at Colonial in uh, for, uh, Fort Worth, Dallas Fort Worth Colonial. Do you know where Charles Schwab lives? Well, I believe I do, yes. Down the bitter end. Yeah, he does. He lives on a stock farm. Yep. I believe he. Be- Opened the stock farm. Well, that's right. He yeah. was. He was one of the the He's, first. Yeah, like the, he the, put the, the thing yep, together. Yep, yeah. Yep. So, um, Charles, if you're listening, we do love to golf. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we would. Have you ever golfed the stock farm? Oh no, I have not. It would be an enjoyable. Bring afternoon. a box. Yeah. Bring a box of balls. Yeah. It is. Uh, you think Cordellane is hard, man? I don't. I shredded Cordellane. You actually did. Um, Gus played well. Here's my question, though, for you. Okay, not about the tournament or anything else. By the way, I'm excited about it. What is it? 
eight of the top ten golfers in terms of the world golf ranking are playing in this tournament. The only two that aren't are international players that would have to quarantine. So it, the golfers have been itching to get back at this. The only golfer of note outside of some a couple of international guys that aren't in the country of playing this is Tiger Woods, who we still have no idea when he's going to return. But they will be playing this tournament, and there will be no fans, spectators, at these games. What about caddies? There will be, are you ready for this, about 1,100 people at the golf course. Caddies will be there. Players will be there. And then all of the attendant both scores, rules judges, I think they have spotters, all the media folks that are doing, you know, calling the game on on on, you know, the radio serious radio, the television side of this thing. So there's going to be a lot of people. 1100 sounds like a lot. It is a lot. It's also a golf course. I mean, they're, right. they're not going to be it's not like you're going into an arena. You're not just outside. You're outside over this course of how many, you know, 100 800 of acres i don't know how you know how big it is in terms of acre but we know how big a golf course is so scattering out you know 1100 people shouldn't be that big a deal it seems to me uh in, in terms of the people that are there but there will be caddies uh, i don't what i what i'm interested to see is what's going to go on with the pins if they're going to have you know pins mm, taken yeah. out or not when we watched the match with with uh, you know tiger and phil and and, and tom and and uh and peyton they did a couple of times take the, take the pin out for some putts, um, presumably since they're the only group playing. All those, you know, the sticks were, you know, whatever, so wiped down. Here's my question, though, for you. In any other major sport, yep. not having the fans there is obviously a financial interest, but it's also sure. uh, obviously an environmental or as- atmospheric Team sports, reality. Home court right? advantage, yep. And... I would say, whether you're at home or on the road, I think that every guy, I mean, to a person, wants to have the fans there right. for the sake of what it means to the game. There might be some novelty. In fact, there certainly will be some novelty early on when the NBA is playing and there's nobody there. But I think couple, three games in, guys are going to go, you know, we understand this is the reality. We can't wait to get fans back. That's what I think the overwhelming sentiment is going to be. Yep. My question to you is, when it comes to golf, how will there be more players that are happy there's not fans or happy that they're or, or, or you know, would be happier with fans? Because I am golf is the one sport where I could see a ton of players going, you know, we love the golf fans. We know that that's, you know, why this is a sport and all that kind of stuff. But let me play my round and not worry about the click click in the in my backswing or the guy yelling, get in the hole in my back or, you know, whatever the thing is and all of that. What do you think that the, these guys feel about this? Well, I think that uh, Bradley, you'd say that it's an advantage to not have people watching you because it calms the nerves. But I also think that's what separates so many of the guys that are professionals is they don't have nerves as well as. There are some guys that I, I think could take it or leave it when it comes to fan engagement in the sport, but there's also other guys that straight love it, that they get off on it. I the, mean, that the, they, the, it, it spurs them on. Them, yes. They play better in front of huge galleries. So those guys, I think, will uh, be at a disadvantage. I want to know about the actual... So often... Pro- just ultimately, you think more guys would wish there were was a gallery than I think not? Because I think that's what they're used to. Well, sure, it's what they're used to, definitely. And there's, I mean, I don't know, I can't really think of any of like the top ten or fifteen guys that are like, man, I'm, I play worse when there's people. Oh, there. I, I don't so think it would have to anything it. to do with like how well you would play or anything like that. I think it would just be, 
Maybe, maybe something like the ease of focus, not, you know. I mean, maybe something like Tiger Woods because now, just because there's less people at the tournament, when he's not playing golf, mm. he's not going to be getting hounded. I mean, I'm sure that at any place Tiger Woods is at, there's people that are there saying, I want to see Tiger Woods. Tiger, can I get a picture? Tiger, can I get an autograph? Yeah. That, not having that is an advantage. But there's only, even the guys that are in the top 10 in the world right now, very few of them are actually pop culture famous like that. You know what I mean? Well, like, but here's They the might thing. be PGA famous. There's not pop culture autographs being asked for at tournaments. They're PGA. I mean, sure, these guys, but like but like Tiger Woods is especially in his prime was one of the only people where when he's playing at the Greater Milwaukee Open, people from Milwaukee would go there to see Tiger. Yeah. That w- they're not going to see anybody, not Rory or Phil or anybody. They're going to go see yeah. Tiger. Yeah. Regardless though, I'm talking about the galleries. There's hundreds and sometimes thousands of people standing along fairways. Pro golfers shank drives just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. They don't hardly ever go so... Like, when they land somewhere along the right or left side of the hole, they don't roll nearly as far into the woods or into the junk or into the pond or whatever they might roll. Even if people spread out of the way, it still it makes it so that the ball isn't nearly as errant as it would be. That's one thing I'm so interested in. How much impact does the gallery have on the placement of the ball? I don't think it's going to be like a crazy amount of impact, but I, every guy during a four-day tournament, I, every guy hits one. Oh, at least. That gets a little bit of help from just people being on the course, when, even if it doesn't hit anything, just from them standing in that spot now, or whatever it might be. Why would standing in a spot not hinder? I mean, that would increase how far wide it would go because it wouldn't get caught up in the rough if it's all been trampled down. You true, know what I mean? True, But then the lie might be different or better. Yeah. Th- I mean, if it lands where someone was standing, it then it's stops, padded down. That's a good point. Whereas, it, you know, we always tease about this. I mean, our good bu- friends at Canyon River, they're a big supporter of this show. When the fescue gets long at Canyon... I mean, you might as well just take a stroke and put it in the first cut because if you can find it, you ain't hitting it out of there. But there's very few places on a PGA course where people haven't batted it down where it's waist high. Yeah, well, and I mean, I I don't know how many courses, certainly in Fort Worth at Colonial, there's not going to be fescue as such. Um, I have seen plenty of courses where, you know, they have to maintain. I mean, the Open Championship always has the super tall grass, and I don't know how they manage the fans that are in attendance to not knock it down so that it becomes part of the play and the challenge of being there, but that certainly is the case at some of these places. The thing that they still will have, as far as I'm aware, and this is the thing where I think the pros get the biggest advantage, they got ball finders, man. You got spotters out there to watch your ball wherever it lands, wherever it goes. I mean, you, you, a lost ball is not unheard of. It has happened in... in uh, in tournament play, but it is exceedingly rare. Whereas, you know, I hardly go a round or two without hitting a ball that I know is in this vicinity that right. I just can't. I just don't know. I just don't know. It's totally. gone. So totally. uh, that is that's an advantage. All right, that's one blind side for me, Coulter. Do you have a blind side over there? I know you had a. I, I have a trivia one. question for you, really quick, before we get into our blind, my blind side for you. Okay. <laughs> Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. 
That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Do you, can you name the top 10 golfers in the world right now? M is number two in the world, I believe, or three. I am, I, I don't know how to pronounce the man's first name. Uh, Rory McIlroy. I don't. I don't know. I don't know who that is. I don't think that's right. I don't see that. We'll take any, a look. I don't see that anywhere on the Rory McIlroy. My rankings right now, which are from the, um, the yeah, these are the official World Golf rankings, yeah. have M at twenty three. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay, but Rory McIlroy is one. Yep, he has moved up to one. Yep. I don't know the order. I know that Tommy Fleetwood is in it's number ten. Yep. Uh, John Rahm is John Rahm's in there. John two, your boy. Um, gosh, who's in there? Is is Rick in the top ten? Dustin Johnson's in the top ten. Dustin Johnson's five. Yep. Um, Ricky Fowler is he in there? Ricky Fowler's not. He's outside. Yeah, it doesn't. That doesn't surprise me actually that he's not. Ricky Fowler's actually the top 10. way down. Ricky Fowler's on twenty seven. Um, golly, who would be? Who would be? Charles Barkley Duncan. Charles Barkley Duncan. Charles Barkley dunking a basketball. Oh, yeah, Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas. Def- definitely in. Yep. When you said Duncan, I was thinking of Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan right and I got Charles Barkley really dunking a basketball. Gotcha. Yeah, that was a pretty funny exchange. All right, so I got, uh, we'll, we'll say those five. Who else? Yeah, you got Brooks Kepka's number three. Oh, sure. You had McElroy's one, yeah. uh, John Rom two, Kepka three, Justin Thomas four, Dustin Johnson five. You got all those guys. Adam Scott, surprisingly, sixth. Mm-hmm. Patrick Reed. Seventh, mm. Patrick Cantley is eighth. Webb Simpson, ninth. Tommy Fleetwood, tenth. Wow. Tiger Woods, eleventh. Webb Simpson. Who would have thought? All right, cool. What do you think Webb Simpson thinks of being ranked ahead of Tiger Woods in the world golf rankings? I don't think guys care about Tiger Woods. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. Not that they don't you care. Not, you tell me you, no. you're not telling your boys, hey, I'm ranked ahead of Tiger Woods. No. Because your guys go, oh, hey, congratulations. Let me know when you even beat a 30-year-old person. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Um, my blind side for you. Yeah. Well, I actually have two, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask one. No, no, that's a good idea. Okay. Um, time. We, we've been talking a lot about the state of affairs in the world. It's impossible not to. Yep. I think that we are in full agreement for maybe the first time ever in our careers on something that uh, sports is so important because of the the melting pot and the diversification and the desegregation and all the impacts that it can have on 
people in general in society. Mm -hmm. It teaches you so many things, but it also teaches you about people from so many different backgrounds. We've had the opportunity to get to know people from a variety of different backgrounds and places and countries and ethnicities and all sorts of different things. So I think we're completely on the same page on that. You had an interesting pivot last week when you said that you thought that because LeBron James has been so outwardly vocal about pretty much everything that matters to him, whether it is a political stance or not, but particularly when it comes to racial injustice and equality, he's been amazing. And you said that you thought that the NBA returning would, that LeBron has extra, like you said, you don't want to call it motivation, but there's an even more accentuated storyline that goes along with if LeBron leads the Lakers to a championship in Kobe Bryant's year of dying, as well as with everything that's happened in America, not just all the racial injustice that's going on and the rioting and everything, but also the coronavirus, the shutdown, the pandemic, everything. And I agree with you. But I have a question for you. Is This is, this is my question. There's been many athletes that have been incredibly impactful on a much larger scope than actually their athletic accomplishments. Mm -hmm. But in your mind, I don't want to say who's the most impactful because you don't want to take away from anything that anybody ever did. But what is the most memorable or what what is the, the, the stance that an athlete has taken or the impact that an athlete has had overall, especially when it comes to uh, the easing of racial tensions? Well, in America. I don't know if in, in America or period. I guess I don't have to say in America. Let, let's just say on a global scale. Uh, to me, it's it's not close. It's Jesse Owens in 1936. It's 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 chilling to even think about. I watched a documentary about it yeah. the other night. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah. You can't even really put it in, even into perspective. It's, it's uh, Let's say it like this. It's uncomparable. There's nothing you can compare it to, right? The thing that I don't know, and I... I have no doubt that this story and this history is out there to be found, and so so uh, I should and will track it down. But I, I I don't know upon returning to the United States the place that Jesse because I mean Jesse Owens humiliating Hitler at Hitler's Olympics is one thing. It's still 1936, and he's still a black man in the United States when he comes back. Right, and so what what that meant what his life looked like upon returning to the US after having done what he did like we look back at this within the context of what was building to the second world war and nazism and and all of that uh horrendousness but also i mean it was horrendous you know in this country as well so then you know where what was that like i don't know but in terms of the spotlight for the Aryan race in their Aryan games in, you know, in the heart of Germany for him to go and do what he did. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how you get more sort of overt and direct in terms of an, an act of athletic defiance than that. And it wasn't just the defiance part of it. It was just winning. He would be unbelievably memorable if he just would have competed. That's right. Flat dominated. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the great Olympic performances that has ever been registered. Period. I mean, am I? I gotta check. I mean, I believe that he rode a boat over. Right. I mean, you're not not rowed with oars. I mean, rowed. But you understand, he took a ship and fly to Germany. Uh, I gotta I gotta check that 
also, but I'm I'm uh, almost sure that that's the way. I mean, that's the only way you're going to get there. So, and then you got to figure out how to get Limber how to run the whole thing and guarantee there was nothing done to help him while he was there other than him he himself being just better than everybody else so that's the one for me four gold medals 100 meters 200 meters four by 100 meter relay that's the usain bolt triple yep but then also won the gold medal in the long jump too it's unbelievable so, uh, the, the one the one that i would uh mention yeah i think that and it's, it's a trifecta muhammad ali gets so much credit and a hundred percent justifiably so mm-hmm. for the stands that he took. I mean, Muhammad Ali was under the the the. I mean, he he was under scrutiny from the court of public opinion from the beginning to the end of his career. And for him to knock out Sonny Liston in what was an incredibly controversial fight that maybe even had some mob motivations behind it, to then boycott the Vietnam War and get stripped of that title to then change his name and embrace the nation of Islam and scrutinize so many people that had just started to like him. I mean, he took a a harder stand that cost him more than almost any athlete, at least in the second half of the 20th century. But the three guys I would say, and I always want to, I always try to remember the guys who set the stage for that because Muhammad Ali, although he was so courageous, he couldn't have done it himself. Somebody had to set the stage for him first. So Jack Johnson, Joe Lewis, and Sugar Ray Robinson. Those guys were the guys that Ali always said were his mm-hmm. biggest influences. The guys that that fought under discrimination, that really, tr- I mean, they, they were the ones that, I mean, when, when, when Joe Lewis knocked out Rocky Marciano, did Rock Marciano? He he beat some. He beat a white champion, and it was a very controversial thing. But he never backed down from it. And then he was the first world champion of African American descent that was this, then paraded around like a hero. But he also was paraded around like a villain, a- right. and people hated him. Talk about Sugar Ray Robinson. I watched such a good documentary about Sugar Ray Robinson. Sugar Ray Robinson was the one that created the art of promotion, the art of smack talk. And that's where all, all that was Ali's hero. Him and Pretty Boy Floyd, that's where Ali got his character from. Mm-hmm. But Sugar Ray Robinson, I mean, he, one of the greatest boxers of all time. There's just no, hardly any footage of when he was fighting. So we have no real take because they wouldn't shoot him. They thought he was too flamboyant. There was ability to take archaic, grainy video, but you could at least still have video. No one would shoot Sugar Ray Robinson. But I just think those guys deserve a ton of credit as they well. They do. And, I mean, domestically, uh, obviously, Jackie Robinson is in, in no question to do it and to do it in baseball, America's pastime, but really two separate pastimes, the white American pastime yes. and then the Negro Leagues. For him to do what he did, be a dominant force in that, force the conversation to go the way that it went, uh, and then went on, it was like a CEO. Yeah, He was one of the first black corporate executives after his baseball playing career that domestically is 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 probably even bigger uh than uh than anybody else you know to me a little shout out to our boy tucker Sargent, who i can't wait to catch up with but one of the funniest narratives not funniest but most random is that back in the day all the football players used to play multiple sports in college mm-hmm. so there's the legend that the three greatest lacrosse players of all time were Jackie Jim Robinson, Brown. Jim Brown, and yeah. Jim Thorpe. Yeah, I bet they were. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's just funny because we don't ever talk about these legacies in sports like lacrosse. 
But probably the guys who then were the greatest ever didn't even choose to pursue it afterwards just because right. of the the um, the infancy of the sport at the time. Stu Tell New Juan is 1029 ESPN Radio. We may get into some Mavs baseball. We also may get into uh, a hockey question. And, yes, I've been teasing country music. I think we're going to talk about it here at some point. So we'll get into all of that. Hey, you like golf? We talked a little golf just now. It is the season, and boys and girls – uh, with Father's Day coming up, there's no place like the Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort to uh, create a memory, have an experience for yourself, for a loved one. CDAResort.com. Go on there now. You book your stay and play. You can, obviously, it's close enough. A couple hours, you can go just play and come back or stay the night. Stay in the Coeur d'Alene Resort Hotel. Be leisurely about it. Enjoy yourself. Take the beautiful twin prop wood boat over to the golf course. Nothing like it, arriving at a golf course via a boat. You know, the caddy meets you down there, takes you right up. Clubs are already ready for you on the cart. Get a pre-round massage, hit balls into the Lake Coeur d'Alene. Floating golf balls, yet somehow, miraculously, they feel like real golf balls. They fly and they, you know, float. It's a, it's an odd combination. But uh, that's what I need for crying out loud. I should I should... I should steal some some range balls from Coeur d'Alene. No water penalties for me. <laughs> you know? It's fine. So I'll just sit in there. Anyway, it's a spectacular course. The world's only detached floating green. It moves in and out, uh, you know, changing distances from the uh, from the tee boxes. And perfectly manicured, spectacular setting, and a really, really fun round. Looking for, again, a memory, uh, an experience to have you or a loved one. Father's Day is coming up. CDAResort.com. CDAResort.com. Book your stay and play getaway today. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. stake for leagues that are not the NBA? That is the question. It's Tutel and Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. 361-3688, the phone number. If you want to get in, we'll be happy to have you here on this Monday afternoon. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Uh, Coulter, here is a, a question that I have for you uh, on the NHL. So the NHL we know even before the NBA came up with their plan for reinstating games of having you know the eight-game regular season and then the 22 teams and then going into their playoff, the NHL already has agreed that they are going straight to the playoffs with 24 teams in those playoffs. And we discussed earlier what that looks like. They have not yet gotten to the point of the NBA, though, and this is where the NBA passed them by, of setting a date. The NBA says July 31st. We'll be playing live basketball games, barring any setbacks or whatever, in, in Orlando, Florida. The NHL still has not even narrowed down what I think will be a two-city hub rather than a one-city hub. They'll do the Western Conference playoffs 
probably in Vegas, and then the Eastern Conference playoffs at some other site. My question is simply this. How how much would it benefit the NHL from a popularity and fan standpoint if they are able to start playing games before the NBA? Like, if they could begin even a week before the NBA was going and be the only thing that was on, and it would be already immediately into playoff hockey, do you think that they could make... Do you think they could make games beyond just that week of viewership and actually bringing people into the sport or at least into the playoff version of the sport? It's actually funny that you asked me this because I was thinking about this concept over the weekend. I think that marketing, international superstars, particularly when it comes to the NBA, and a variety of other factors have gone into the NBA and the NFL leaving the rest of the sports on the American scale in the dust. Michael Jordan can't be understated, but everything that's come after Michael Jordan can't be understated in the NFL or in the NBA, excuse me. But in the NFL, the spectacle that is the Super Bowl, fancy football, the fact that it's once a week, the fact that we've become so short attention span, but we can engage all in on this one Sunday, that that's all had huge influences on it. I think the other thing though that has such a huge influence on the popularity of the sports is how many people played them when they were young. Right. The NBA, I've thought, because of the rise of the NBA and the rise of Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, guys, I I don't know. I can't really speak to it because I wasn't alive. But it seems to me that playing basketball into your middle and late ages has become way more in vogue over the last 30 years than maybe it ever was before. You can go find a game almost anywhere. You can play hoops. If you want and you want to adjust your ability and find a game for your level, I mean, I used to work at the Ridge Athletic Club in Bozeman. There was a a 9 a.m. game down there at the Ridge with guys, and you could not play in that game unless you were 70 or older, but you could go play, and they play half court, and they're balling. I mean, they, they play two, three times a week. So you can play the game. So then when you're watching the game with your buddies, you understand how ridiculous this is. I think that's why you and I both love, love golf. Golf. Yes, no because question. we play golf all the time. And when we see these guys, we're like, this is unfathomable how good this guy is. This, it's not even possible how good he is. And you're like, how bad am I? Yeah. I, could, I, <laughs> I couldn't be farther away from this guy. Yeah. You know, they're hitting their pitching wedge 187 yards, two feet from the pin, and you're yeah. sitting there hacking. But, anyways, I th- but in the NFL, too. Some of it's not necessarily the the most glowing part of things because I, th- I do think there's a fair amount of people that played high school football that then watch the NFL and it like triggers them telling glory days stories and weird things like that. But either regardless, they have a connection to the game, yeah, at least, yeah, because they played it. Um, that's the, that's the hardest part. Uncle with, Rico. That's exactly it. But that's the hard going to be the hardest part because then baseball about half as many people played that after they were twelve. Okay, but all I'm saying. But is what I'm like saying is, the, 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 I think the, the, the no, totally. The, the NHL has a huge chance to capture a huge portion of the of the uh, passionate sports fans. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm a fringe NHL guy until Stanley Cup, and then I, I like the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I watch them, but I'm not like following the standings all the time like I do with the NBA. It's only a matter of time, really, in my life that I that, uh, the reason I choose that. 
but also I have no connection to hockey. I have never played hockey in my life. Yeah, and that's I think that's so many people though too. They can't really they can't relate as much. I I there's I think people that's there's very there, fair. there's people all around the lower forty eight, especially the lower forty. Yeah. That half the problem with hockey is that they've never played it because it's not even a thing That's where right. they grew up. You and I, good, bad, or otherwise, played basketball, basketball football, baseball. It's not even just oh. played though. We could go to your parents' house and play basketball right now. Yeah, easily. Like we, I get my ball. Well, we go. You to, could. <laughs> all I'm saying is look, yeah. the hoops right there. All I gotta do is get my That's ball. Right. Ten minutes, we're playing. That's right. And and I'm with you. And like the the few opportunities that I've had to like skate with a hockey stick and a puck. You know, I, I've never even played hockey as such, but you know, you go around and mess around on the ice. It's it's a blast, and you certainly get appreciation for it. The other thing, though, is is this. I never. I mean, I think I played soccer one year when I was in fifth grade. Okay, never played hockey before, but the nature of the sports is some is something like basketball because it's so fluid. But again, the payoff is it happens so often in basketball where right. a point is scored that whether you play it or not, like. It, basketball might be the perfect game for our shortened attention span. There's no question. So uh, there's no question because because you don't have to wait for the culmination of a right. moment. You could see a sweet moment at literally any time. LeBron might just rip the rim off, but then all of a sudden it's the other team's ball, and they might just do something sweet. But the the other thing is is as we talked about before in baseball and football and basketball to some extent, you can tell when a team is close to scoring. Yeah. And you can't basically tell that in hockey or in soccer because they're always close, seemingly, you know? And that's but, why they're better live, too, because you can tell the buildup, too. But the other thing is this. To me, a a football game is it's a series of short stories. Yes, it is. A soccer game, a hockey game, it's a novel. And if you can get into it, it will enrapture you and take you all the way home. That's so true. But if it's you're so true, if you're not, if you can't, if you can't get there at the start or whenever you turn it on and you get a couple pages, you're like, ah, I man, don't know, and man. you're done with it. Record that sales pitch, man. That's the best sales pitch I ever got on hockey. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It's true, man. Because like when I drop into your house and I just am watching the third period, you got to pause it and you tell me. 15 minutes where here's who here's who pissed who off and here's yeah, who's yeah. what's what going this on here's why. all the shots on goal blah 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 yeah, yeah. it's true you need to watch it from start to finish and, and and also like once you get into the flow of it the the goals are always obviously what matters but it's weird how sort of incidental they become like they're these great moments of elation but you are not there it's the frosting man that you're it, it's not the it's not the substance of I mean, it is because it's the point of it. But what is actually happening in the course of play is the thing that is what you're there to see. And the goal getting paid off at the end and seeing the replay, okay, that's all great and wonderful. But it's the the action throughout that really makes it happen. And if you can get to that point, then you you just become a hockey fan. And I think that, I mean, I think there there's no question in my mind that America is ripe for the picking for both of those sports, really, but for, for, for hockey especially. And this is an opportunity that they have, and I think they need to push the gas pedal as hard as they yeah. reasonably can right. because they have an opportunity to get people into their book, and if they can yeah. get into it, they're going. this is going to pay dividends for them for a long time. They they need just that one thing that's one player or one moment that's going to push the tipping point right. We've actually seen this happen. I I 
If you would have asked me when the World Cup was in America, in, in the United States, in 1994, mm-hmm. if America would ever become truly into soccer, and it's still not quite in the full mainstream, but the the quote-unquote niche of, of soccer fans in America are, is actually bigger than almost any other niche. There's a lot of people, especially, it's almost become regionalized like baseball if you have an MLS team, but there's also all these people that are buying the special cable package to watch the European Premier League. That's right. Or, yep. I mean, my, my neighbor, when I lived in Ellsburg, Washington, he'd be pounding on my door at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. I said, what are you doing, dude? He's like, come watch the match with me. I'm like, what match is on at 3 o'clock in the morning? He's like, the one that's in Spain. Let's yeah. watch it. <laughs> right. But there's a lot of guys like that that are like ready to roll. They Maybe love you say, it. okay, I wasn't going to bed for two more hours anyway. <laughs> to tell me why ESPN Radio. Hey, uh, we'll take a quick break. I promised you some country music. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be country music per se, but at least a little talk because I got some questions for Coulter here. I think he's got a little left in the tank, too, on a sporting front, so we'll get to all that right after this. Hey, boys and girls, what's the worst thing that can happen to you in any given day? Well, there's a lot that can go wrong, but one of the most aggravating things is if you happen to step into a pile of poo. Are we right? I mean, everybody knows this is this is a bad day when this happens. Well, avoid it. Don't let it happen. Go to MontanaPooperScoopers.com and have them schedule to pick up the dog waste in your yard, okay, or at your business as well, either one. They can do it weekly, or they even have one-time options. You got a big buildup, you went on vacation, something like that. I don't know what the situation is. They'll help you out. They have service in Missoula and Lolo, Montana, Pooper Scoopers. They take care of the job that no one in the family wants to do. Me, first and foremost, doesn't matter if you got three Great Danes are just one Chihuahua online, MontanaPooperScoopers.com. And right now, mention this ad, you get $25 off your initial service, MontanaPooperScoopers.com. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Well, I hear the One of two ninety ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the show? You can check it out on the podcast. The podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Podcast is out there thanks to Blackfoot and also Alpine Touch. Who's this? You know who this is? I don't know who this is. I don't. It's good. Sounds good. I like it. Dogs of War. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it's two telling the one is okay, Coulter. I have. I have had a uh, uh, some country music things happen to me. Uh, okay. I don't remember why. Oh, I vaguely remember why, but okay. So Dirks Bentley. Yeah. Okay. Is answer me this question? You may know. I don't yep, know. Yep. Is Dirks Bentley a band or a person? It's a person. This was a revelation to me. Wow. 
No idea. I, wow. I mean, Dirks Bentley, that sounds like a, eight uh, okay, dudes okay, up can here. I, can I have a little rant for a second here? Sure. Boney Bear is a band, not a person. Correct. People in Missoula need to understand that. I can't tell you how many people, you went to Boney Bear, he's great. I'm like, his name is Justin. It's a band. Yeah, although in I understand Justin why the, the the musical and sure, creative it's still, engine. It's still a band. It is a band. I think, too, because it was for the longest time Bon Iver. Notably, it was never Bon Iver. I understand that. But nobody knew that it wasn't Bon Iver. It wasn't until I saw him on, on, on Colbert, and I thought, how could Colbert not know the name of the band that's coming on? What's, bon Iver. What, so what's more? Uh, anyway, I had no idea Dirks Bentley was 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 a dude like i mean i knew that there was a lead singer consider consider this question no we, we can hash it out tomorrow okay what's more gen x or whatever i'm somewhere not millennial not gen x i'm like stuck in the middle you're a gen xer for sure yeah i'm like stuck in the middle there yeah but I whatever what's what what's more people that born in the 80s what is more like them than to say i heard it first they were way better before you knew about them mm yeah. Like, I think that about Bon Iver all the time. Like, I bought that out, the first album, Emma and everything after, yeah. that he that Justin wrote when he was heartbroken and dying of cancer. In, in, in a Minnesota Amazing, cabin in such the woods. a good album. Yeah. And then I've, you know, I've I, I've gone and seen them three times, and they're awesome. Yeah. But it never was nearly as good as it was the first time, and so much of it is just because appealing to the masses. Way, right? way, to, way to lock into your demographic there with that comment. Um, here's the other thing, Coulter. You'll be, I think you'll be proud of me. I don't know. Maybe you'll hate me. I don't know. But okay. you, Garth Brooks, where do you stand on Garth Brooks? You love Garth Brooks, right? Love. Okay. So love the, Garth. This Brooks. is where this the is great, where the, the best problem. gift, and I know he's not listening, but shout out to my boy Simo. Best gift I ever received in my life. He bought me a ticket to Garth Brooks in Billings and then drove me to Billings. Wow. So I didn't have that? to drive and I could go to Garth Brooks. It was the greatest <laughs> present I ever received in my life. That's a, There's a lot of latent assumptions that were smuggled into that, that <laughs> statement you just made. Uh, so there is a Garth Brooks docuseries that is on Netflix. Oh, wow. It just... It came on there, I think, like six days ago. But I believe this aired before. I think it was originally on... On, I don't know if it was Bravo or I don't think it was Bravo specifically, but on a network that was sort of a a known but lesser known sure. cable deal. Sure. Okay. So I said, Garth Brooks, you know, one of the great entertainers, you know what I mean? And, and I'm interested to watch this. And this is a fairly standard format of docu, it's a docu-series, but a documentary of, you know, their... The, they're interweaving what is happening right now, this big auditorium tour, the most recent big tour that Garth Brooks is embarking on with his band, while you know interweaving the history of, of him and his life, okay? So they're doing this thing, and it's really interesting. I don't know much about Garth Brooks and personally and you know his, you know where he's come, come you know, born in Oklahoma and now lives in Nashville has for years. okay. You know it's not his real name, right? I know it's not his real name. And I know it was. I know that he was also. So he did like a. He like did a, an album like under a, his real like name. A mood rock record. Yeah, yeah. Or something it was like, like a, that. it was like a Prince style album. Yeah. So under yeah. his real name and still sold 15 million copies because well, he's Garth Brooks. Though I don't know that that received quite the critical. Well, acclaim. no, right? Because most Garth Brooks albums sold twice that. I was. I, I'm very disappointed, though, 
and I'm disappointed in this. You get these documentaries, and you, they, the main th- thread of this whole thing is the interview of him, right? Where right. you come back to him talking yep. about his life. Have you so ha- you haven't seen this? I have not. No, I, okay. I haven't even heard of this. Okay, so you got to walk. You got to take a look at it. But there's there's a couple different places where he's being interviewed and different things. But there's the main thread of the interviews that are happening is him sitting. You know, the chair is backwards, so the back of the stool is in front of him, and he's kind of leaning on it. Okay, now it's okay. There's a lot in there that I like, but at some point, I just went. He's acting. It was a, it was script like he wrote it, and it's not it's not he's certainly not lying about anything that transpired. Right, right. But it was like I'm not surprised by that. You are you're just here performing for me in this thing, and I was very put off. I was like, this is supposed to be the, you know, the real deal, yeah, and yeah, yeah, not yeah. that you don't see some of that, but I was just like, and I was wondering. I thought maybe you'd have seen it. If you had the same impression, because I was sitting there going, like this is this is interesting. I'm interested in this guy's story, and this is, is undeniably about as big a star as you can possibly be. Great singer songwriter, great everything. And then I was like, you know, I'd like to, I don't know, I, I would just like to have a little more off the cuff, a little more raw Man. than what I'm getting right here. You're making me have like such a revelation right now. Because I don't you, want you, to hurt you, anybody. No, no, no. You know that I, I don't know. I, you know that I scrutinize things way too much and let little things derail me quite a bit. I, I hope and, I and, ruin and your if, whole no, life. no. If things are if things are hyper packaged or they're part of the machine mm. and it's it's about the commercialization more than the talent, it makes me nauseated and I I can't really handle it. Yeah. Garth Brooks is the only thing I've never cared about with it when it comes to that because mm. that's all he's been since the early '90s. Right. He's just such an epic songwriter, and the hits just never stop coming. I mean, if you were to say Coulter, pick your 50 favorite country songs, 25 of them are Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I believe. I you. love Garth Brooks. Well, and here's the thing: I, I don't. I'm, I'm with like. The fact that he is, I mean, he remember when he was on Saturday Night Live at yeah. his first height, and they had a skit about, well, you know what a real cowboy does is swings down from the from the ceiling held by strings, you know, with right. fire going off in the back. And it was this big, but, you know, that's what it is. It's the production. It's the show. It's the production. And that's the other thing is if you ever get a chance to see him live, I have seen so many shows live yeah. that are that are translatable to what it sounds like on the record. There's nobody that sounds more like himself when he's performing live and performs with more energy that I've ever seen in my life than Garth Brooks. It's Two Tell and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. I'll leave you with the docuseries. You can make your own opinions. We'll be back tomorrow, for better or worse. We'll see you then, ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. 
your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.